Okay, good morning. I was just making a prophetic statement. Uh, we strongly encourage masks for the kids. Next week, uh, we will be wearing masks for the kids uh, downstairs. Okay. Uh, so anyway, thank you very much for uh, humoring me there for a second. I do appreciate it. But we do it out of love. We, we, we want to be the family. And so this is the direction the family wants to go in. And uh, so we just want to encourage you that if uh, you have children, please uh, bring, the, bring masks with them. I, I will have extra masks available. So don't come if you don't have a mask. We will, if the kids want to come down and they don't have them, we'll provide them, okay? We want to make it easy for all of our kids to participate in a wonderful opportunity downstairs, singing and praising the Lord and also ministering. They are ministers. Amen? Amen. I believe that. And I'm glad you do too. That helps. This church is truly wonderful and working with the kids. You know, we, I feel like from day one, we've always partnered together, and we've always raised our kids together. And uh, I think that's just a demonstration, or the fruit of, uh, our leadership and those who have been invested into molding us and shaping us. So I don't see Pastor Laney. I don't know if he's here or not, but if he's watching, uh, thank you, Pastor Laney. At this time, we are going to pray over our kids, and then we will release them downstairs. I would like to mention, I believe, that the youth will be going upstairs after the blessing, after we pray. Okay, after we pray, the youth may be released as the kids will follow me downstairs. So, if you have a child, will you uh, lay a hand on them? If you don't have a child, I always encourage you to take this moment to pray over a child that you know, or if you see one in here, I encourage you to just talk to Jesus about that child, that that child may be an instrument, a vessel, a champion for the Lord. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. Lord, we lift up the kids that you have placed in our lives. We lift up our sons and our daughters, Lord God, that you have entrusted us with. Father, we don't take it lightly, and we want to care for them. So we pray that you will, number one, give us wisdom on how to raise our children. Give us spiritual insight to their development, oh God, and help us to raise them according to the way that they should go. Lord, that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Lord, may your anointing rest upon us. May your anointing rest upon this house. May your anointing rest upon the speakers today. And Lord, may your anointing just rest over this community, Lord God, that we may see your presence, your work, your acts of glory here in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, the children may be released over here, and the uh, youth may be released upstairs. Thank you. Lord bless you. And I would like to welcome Pastor Jay. I believe he's going to make a few comments. Thank you, Pastor Dan. It's good to see some faces here, and uh, we've got a wonderful morning prepared for you here today. And Bye-bye. That's wonderful. Lord, keep bringing the kids into the house. Bless us with the children and bless us with the children's ministry workers as well, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we've had 
a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Many of you were with us last night as we got to celebrate Lanny and Patty, 40 years of ministry. Yes. That was just a, such a beautiful evening, and I just want to say personally a, a big thank you to everybody who helped make that possible. I don't know that everybody who helped with that was there last night, so I just want to say publicly here and for the record, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. That was a wonderful, wonderful time. And we have with us here this morning uh, some excellent speakers, but before I introduce them, I would like to invite Pastor Lanny, our, our pastor emeritus, up here to the front. He has a, a few comments he would like to say. Please rise and welcome him, please. Thank you so much. Um, one of the manners in which I have lived my life here that I've always attempted to do what was right, even if it looked like it was personally beneficial. Because decisions set precedents with which we have to live. So I've always tried to live outside myself to do what was right, regardless of how it might look. So last night was an opportunity for me to step outside of myself and just be so incredibly proud of you guys. You are over the top, I'm telling you. Mahesh and I traveled throughout this region for many, many years, and I had opportunity to learn hospitality and honor by the way we were often dishonored and neglected as the guest speakers. And so when that tour of duty with him was over, I made it a priority that when we have people come to this house, we show them honor. We go over the top. And y'all did that last night. Dr. Roden was just blown away by the whole thing. He's a dear friend of many, many decades. And uh, he, he just didn't have enough good to say about the way y'all did that. Jane Amber and her team are just extraordinary in this issue of hospitality. Just absolutely extraordinary. There were uh, a couple of oversights on my part. I just read right over my notes, and I wanted to uh, apologize to both uh, Pat and Marie for not bringing, calling attention to the excellence with which they have administrated Celebrate Recovery here for so many years and so supremely qualified by their own journey. Their journey from brokenness to wholeness has been... I brag on them all the time because they are the picture of what Christ can do when somebody would just keep hanging on to him. And the other oversight was not to have mentioned uh, Jessica Chase and what an extraordinary effort she's made this past year through one of the most difficult years I think we've experienced together. She has been the champion as our communications director and it was, uh, I got overtaken in the moment. Sorry kids, sorry kids, sorry kids. <clears throat> but. I just, I just was so very proud of what our Father's house did last night. And it gratifies me because it's the fruit of intentionality over many, many years. So, Pastor Jay, I leave it in your hands. Don't screw it up. Here you go. <laughs> He's just getting me back for last night. 
Well, as I introduce our, <clears throat> our guests, I'm going to ask the gentleman to come and set up here for us. So last night we just had a wonderful time, and truly it was amazing to see the different ways that, that Pastor Lanny and Patty were, were honored by, by those who were, were in attendance, but also by, um, by our, our guest speakers there as well. They were just fantastic, and I think we all got to see and learn more about Lanny and Patty through that process, and, and what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful time it was. And I remember walking into the room last night and, and thinking... Jane Amber, you have outdone yourself. This room is absolutely spectacular. I mean, there are fairy lights on the on everything and big, beautiful, drapey. It's just, wow, what a beautiful, beautiful expression of your gifting. And for all those who helped you, and again, I don't even know everybody's name, so just thank you so much for every effort that was made there. Well, we have a great joy and honor here today in our Father's house If you were with us last night, you would have heard stories about way, way back, lots of decades ago, the the ties that the Lord made in relationship between the Clark household and the Chavda household. And what began in ministry birthed family in them. And it's come to fruition fully and completely. Paul and Anna are here with us uh, tonight, or this morning, rather. Sorry, I'm still in last night mode. Paul and Anna are with us here this morning as a living testimony to the affections of heart and family that were birthed here in this relationship between the Clarks and the Chavdas. And beyond their relationship together, our households of faith have been journeying together now for some decades. There's been mutual support back and forth, much of our prophetic ministry and healing ministries and how we administrate the house and, and our attitudes of heart and ministry have been trained into us through love and affection and care by the Chavdas to Lanny and Patty. And you don't even know the quality of the air that you're breathing unless you step outside this house and recognize there's something missing. And this, this here is a relationship that brings vital core foundational ingredients to the air that we breathe here. And so it is our great honor today to have Bonnie and Mahesh Chavda come and speak to us. So will you please rise and welcome them. Turn this on? No, I'm off. It's like being on Star Trek. You know? <laughs> Suddenly we'll be beamed aboard. <laughs> Praise God. It's such a joy for us to be here with you. And Bonnie and I can tell you without any reservation that you are family to us. We love you. The bonds, as Jay said, go many, many, many years. Lanny and I and our families bonded together more than 35, almost 37. I've I've lost count. Well, I don't know. Pastor Jay said decades and decades and decades and decades and decades (laughs) ago. We were there in the beginning when God (laughs) spoke. (laughs) And uh, 
But I remember when Lenny came and we were involved in a lot of ministry, global and then local also. But Lenny stayed at our house um, and it was just instant bonding. I'm so impressed uh, with your emeritus pastor. Oh, my goodness. Uh, He came to my house. He learned, you know, you have to adjust to different places. And one of the first things I served him was some of the hottest jalapeno peppers uh, with pimento cheese. And I, and I could see his face turn red as he ate him, but he did not complain one bit. And uh, it's part of, you know, God promised his Holy Ghost and fire. So when it came, <laughs> we provided the fire also besides the Holy Ghost. So, uh, but Jay and Katie, we are blessed to be with you and with the, our father's house. We have seen your children grow up over all these years. I remember them being dedicated so many years ago and then they grow up and I, a few years later there they are graduating from college and I said what happened? Uh, but this house I just want you to know that you have touched so many nations out of your life of prayer, of generosity, what you have done. Multiple hundreds of thousands of people have been saved. So I want to commend you, our Father's house, your branches and tributaries touch have touched the nations and I've seen literally uh, the fruit of it. So we, we get to go travel and uh, So here we are, and uh, we just bless this time of transition. We will continue our bonds of love and friendship, continue on. And uh, if you ever need us, we are here. And of course, Lanny is the spiritual father, he and Patty. I would applaud them for their heart, for their zeal, for their commitment to the cause of Christ. We are enjoying covenant friendship with the living God. We enjoy fellowship with each other, but there is a purpose. There is a greater purpose in our being friends and allies is that God achieves something awesome that sometimes we cannot uh, be able to verbalize, but I, I just I'm attempting to, and say thank you, thank you for the years of sowing, thank you for prayers, for prophecy, and we have been impacted. Um, that is some of the highest quality prophetic ministry coming from this church. Uh, so all of those servants of the God of the Lord, we thank you for what has happened, what is happening now, and what will happen. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. And 
Everything in the Lord has power in it, as you quote, even what I said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's, it has the deepest meanings. Um, for me, I remember many moons ago, I was in a graduate student, graduate school at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. I just graduated from Wayland Baptist University. That's another story. I was trained to be a pastor. And part of the training is a three-piece suit. That you go to bed in a three-piece suit. Uh, learn to shake hands with people. Not really look them in the face, but hello. Uh, but then I went to Texas Tech. And then I, I received a, a letter at that time, mainly we did by letters, communicating. And uh, my mother, I received the news that she had been taken over by uh, bone cancer. And so that pretty much flooded her whole being. And her only prayer was, I want to see my son before I die. And... I was in a poor graduate student in in Texas, and at that time, I'd given the money for registration, etc. I didn't have the money to go even fly and see her. But it was in the midst of this that of deep brokenness, hurt. I just want to say that I felt like there were a couple of people here that could identify that time of going through intense challenge and, and pain and, and because you feel I felt the hurt of not being able to see my mom and say goodbye to her because the bone cancer had taken over and uh, I really remember very clearly just broken, hurting, crying almost and I did cry because I once couldn't see my mom and uh, she was in London, England. I was in Texas. And uh, she was a Hindu woman. Uh, I, I'd been brought up a Hindu. And, but then, of course, converted, found Christ. I may share later how I did, but the thing was, I didn't, the third night, I remember going to bed crying couldn't it devastated me and I don't know why it, it was doing something for me physically even body soul and spirit and that night as I went to bed suddenly I found myself in another realm in a realm of the purest light and light that's not light light like this not even like daylight, but it's, it's a living light. A light that it's every beam is living and it sings to you. And as it sings to you, it defines you. And you don't define the light, the light defines you. And uh, I realized later that's part of what we call the glory of the Lord. And I was in a place, I, I saw a river and everything, and I saw the grass, the flowers, the trees. Uh, everything was singing with a harmony that I never thought I would ever experience. 
It's hard to describe in human terms what it was. But then later I realized I was in the middle of the glory of the Lord. And Jesus walked up to me in the purest light. And then he beamed out light that was even more powerful than 10,000 suns put together. And yet it did not hurt my eyes. And he came up, put his hand on my shoulder, said, my little brother. And I started singing praises to him, thanking him in a language I could not understand. And I said, part of me was still intellectual, graduate student. I'd been trained to be an intellectual, very proud. Uh, and yet, this was beyond any kind of concept or understanding I'd ever had. And... Uh, I started singing in a language I couldn't stop. And then, in that atmosphere, I heard the Lord say, pray for your mother. And I I was, uh, I'd gotten, taken my university to national debate championship. I'm a debater. I love debating. So I thought I should debate God. And... uh, (laughs) So he said, pray for your mother. I said, well, I'm here in Texas. She's in London, England. How can I pray for her? Again, the word said, pray for your mother. And so uh, then the Lord spoke to me. That said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we would just think of it as a theological term. But the Lord thinks of it in a different way. The word is alive and active and full of power. So basically what he was saying, what I did not understand, he was speaking at this level and now was my understanding was at human level that he was saying in his language, I'm a healer. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, healed people and delivered them. Pray for your mother. He just needed my cooperation. Uh, then I, I, in that experience I realized I mean I prayed for her a few days later I received the news my mom went for a checkup there in England and uh, they could not find one trace of the bone cancer the entire, entire body and that led her to confession of Jesus Christ as her Lord Savior And for the next 26 years, she worshipped Jesus every day and honored his name. But I remembered that with the Lord just saying, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, has such meaning and depth. And God wants us to not just take the Bible theologically, but personally and apply it because Holy Spirit is hovering over his word to perform it in our lives, in our children's lives. And it is important what our, what's our job description. Once we come into the Lord, the Lord has assignments and destinies for you. So it's, and I feel our lives have been joined with our Father's house, with so many of you. And so I just, Last night also was, I was overwhelmed by the sense of friendship I 
felt like I said I wanted to hug everybody there and spend time and, and fellowship and find out what was happening in their lives. Uh, so I'm glad we got a chance to share here this morning. And uh, the scripture, you, I will, <laughs> the scripture the Lord gave us for today was uh, in Haggai chapter 2. And it says, in the seventh month, in the in the one and twentieth day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Joshua, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, said the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, said the Lord, and work, for I am with you, said the Lord of hosts. Be strong. Say, be strong. strong. Turn to your neighbor and say, be strong. strong. This is, and when a prophetic word comes, this is not something that you just take and say, well, God's giving me some assignment. Because whenever God gives us some instruction, His glory and His presence and His strength is right there with you. In a sense, He was saying, basically, receive my strength. Be strong, but it'll be, as you cooperate with me, His strength will come. His anointing will be with His people in this. I like the the fact that He's telling uh, not only to the leadership, to Zerubbabel and to Joshua and he tells about the lineage but he's also telling all the people of the land be strong and work for I'm with you so the the thing that in this one that really touches me is it's the Lord God Almighty himself the maker of the universe who's saying I'm with you I'm with you. Say the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. So that's, that's part of the word here this morning is that as we pass through, this is a very, one of the most challenging times that we have gone through in history as individuals and as a corporate, as a church. And where the Lord is concerned, it's, of course, He loves you. He has saved you. He has washed you in his blood. He is personally your savior. The father God is your father in heaven. You are not alone. You are not an orphan. Say I'm not an orphan. I'm adopted. I have a father. I have an elder brother. I'm part of the family of God. So, so say, I belong. I belong. So that's, it's, what, to whatever level we have gone through as uh, our personal histories. Maybe your parents, your father may have been a drunk or an addict or something. Or whether your mother had emotional problems. Or my, for me, my father died when I was five years old. So whatever you've gone through, 
that God's love is right there beckoning and saying, come home because you have a father and you have an elder brother who has washed you, laid down his life for you and you belong. You are not an orphan. Tell your neighbor, you're not an orphan. And we go on. God is saying to us, for me, be strong. And this is a, as I look at Lanny and Patty's life, and as I look at Jay and Katie, and I've had a chance to fellowship with them, and, and there's this, I, I, number one, I sense the presence of the Lord and the glory of the Lord in this fellowship. And that's, I can tell, it's one of my, if I can say, one of my specialties. If the Lord is not there, I would say the Lord is not there. But the Lord is here present with you. And so the Lord says, be strong. And one of the most encouraging words you can receive, and it's right there, but I felt like the Lord was quickening it, is and I am with you. Say, God is with me. The Lord is with us. So, individual and corporate. And uh, then, it goes on. According to the word that I covenanted with you, when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. So, and this is something that I, um, it's uniquely this time frame that uh, we have gone through. Uh, in a sense, it's unique because we, we have never gone through where we have, we went through a season where we had to wear a mask. And now, you know, today when we're saying, um, cooperate with some of the other people talking to us and let our children wear masks. Well, we have never gone through that kind of thing. And uh, just think of what's happening to our children. Right? And what, what is happening? Why is it happening? And these are some of the things that you question. And we have uh, this last year plus a few months um, the Wuhan virus and then the variants and uh, and I, I w want to tell you I, I commend all of you and you maintain your faith but the enemy has really way back 9-11 we're going to be recognizing the almost a few few days, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That too was a unique time, but the Lord gave me a time, literally spoke. I think I needed it, not only for my sake, but we were sharing the word with many other people uh, and, uh, through broadcast, etc. But the word that's in the New Testament called, and the enemy has done this. So 9-11, enemy has done this. And we don't know what the source of the Wuhan virus is. Some have their suspicions. But the important part 
And that's why I feel like it's, uh, we need church as never before. You need fellowship as never before. You need friendships in the anointing as never before. The enemy's desire, I feel like, just like the word 9-11, an enemy has done it. Don't get into too much complicated with their conspiracies, all of that. An enemy did that. In the same manner, right now, the enemy has tried to separate us and isolate us and put us away behind masks and, and scare the living daylights out of our little ones. And uh, more than ever then, we need each other and where each other happens then the Lord has given us a word where two or more are gathered together there I am in the midst of them so church is friendships church is companionship church is one another Uh, church is a body church is family Ephesians calls us family of God so Whatever the enemy tried to separate us and isolate us. Therefore, I will aggressively find whatever ways I can to be united, be more than one, be, be family and be the family, corporate family of God, where we can pray for each other. Um, and I, I want to, it says, I'll continue reading this. Be assured, the, the Lord is saying, my spirit remains with you. Say, his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit is, with is with me, with my family, my family. with my church. my church, with my nation. With my nation. And it's important to define the nation also, because you pay, make, uh, are part of this nation and its statement and its place of faith. God will hearken to your prayers. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, so fear you not. For thus said the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with my glory, said the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. Gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house, said the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, said the Lord of hosts. So the assurance of the Lord from the supernatural realm, I'm with you. Do not be afraid. And my glory, not only my presence, but my glory will fill this house, my glory. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the greater of the glory of the former house. Amen. Yes. Can you say amen? Amen. And I think a couple of these phrases would be good for us to take personally and allow them to just implant into our hearts and spirits and find ourselves saying them to ourselves and to our surroundings the next few days and the first one is yet now be strong 
Let's say it together. Yet now, be strong. So, Ronnie, when you're out doing what you have to do and the enemy comes in or something unexpected happens and you find some disappointment that could knock you back, the thing you want to say to that whole circumstance is, yet now, be strong. If you can imagine these people in this story had gone through every level of human trauma you can imagine, but they were in the lineage of a redemptive plan of God, a history and a heritage that was birthed many, many years before and in a time of their city being ransacked by foreign armies, just things that would bring utter consternation to the people who were known as the people of God. And if you think about this scenario, their spiritual granddaddy was Daniel, who served faithfully and managed to navigate and influence four very different administrations after one administration would fall to another invading administration. And Daniel's own life, the trauma of seeing your city and your temple ransacked and being taken as a slave, and he you know, would have been a young teenager, and um, you know, probably, as, as they did in those days, they made eunuchs out of all of those men. So he would have been, you know, just at puberty or just past puberty. And the whole thing of being able to carry on a natural lineage as his identity even as a man, and especially in the royal line as a man of God, and so many things. And those great heroes, Esther's intercession is a part of this inheritance that they have received. Down through uh, Cyrus' decree where a pagan king not only gave a command for them to rebuild their center, their, their center of identity, frankly, their worship center, their temple, and contributed to it. it stunning things. But when we come home to this moment, we find that there, that remnant, say remnant. There was a remnant. Uh, because the trauma and trouble and just time and distance, people had lost faith, people had lost loved ones, various things had happened. And so there were some among them that had seen the former glory, a time when the living Shekinah would be manifest. The Holy Spirit as a person was manifest in the house. There are so many things about this story that are the story of this house. And so now we're, we're in this moment here where they've gathered and they're literally standing in the midst of rubble. And the word of the Lord comes and challenges them, more or less saying, what are you seeing, but how are you looking at it? And then the word, yet now, be strong. And the key, my spirit is here building. It's always 
God at work going from glory to greater glory. That's the way the Lord does his business. And we are a privileged people if he's giving us the grace to hear him in a time of rebuilding. Because that is the time when more than ever before we find ourselves utterly dependent on the supernatural grace and ability, much less the strength and the joy and the anointing, the living word coming. But it's such an exciting time to be able to be dynamically engaged with that thing, that invisible dynamic that the Holy Spirit is actually building. And he's called a people who can hear him to come together and bring their gifts, their tools, if you will, and work as one, everyone in their place. And I was, I was taken by, in chapter 1 and verse 14, I was taken by this, the, the verse and the reference there, and it says, so the Lord stirred up the spirit. Say stirred up. Stirred up. And this is an interesting word. It's an interesting word because it's a reference back to uh, an image, the first one in Genesis 1 at the very beginning, where it says the spirit of the Lord hovered over, depending on what your version is, the, the darkness, the Hebrew word is tohu aboku, which is just this wild waste, chaos, whatever. And it's a picture of the Spirit of God, like a mighty eagle resting on a nest and stirring up that nest in order to lay its young there. And creation happened that way. God was putting an earth together that he would sit his man, his woman, in the midst of like little, you know, little birdies in a, in a nest to begin with. But that's the same, this creation story, this work, this dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit in his power working in the midst of this rubble. And that's the picture that you, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you have here. And he goes on to say, he stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He stirred up the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. So everyone individually and this, this battle group, if you will, this, this construction company, if you will. And you know that in, in league with the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah, they held a trowel in one hand and a battle implement a, a sword or a spear in the other hand, that, that they strategically um, placed them in family groups before certain portions where the wall was broken down. And together they would work. And from time to time, they would sound a trumpet, they would you know, blow the, the ram's horn and rally to a particular place where the wall was broken down in order not only to rebuild, but at the same time to rebuff any of the enemies that might come through. And remember, they had a whole fifth column of opposers and naysayers and persecutors and harassers that were coming out. So they were literally surrounded, if you will. And the secret was, come together. Sort of reminds me of a movie scene. I think it was Gladiator. Um, and as huh? one. Yeah. If you, sorry, have you seen the Gladiator? I didn't even think of it, but I'm thinking of it now because it's a good image. And you find these, these warriors who are essentially um, 
assigned to die on you know in this arena and they will do so if they remain just in themselves individually regardless of how trained they are how brave they are how good they are at fighting or anything and the secret was for them to suddenly come together in uh, in in the movie the gladiator it's awesome because in that arena those supposed slaves come together and literally change the story of the history right there in front of the people so it's a, you know it was a real shock but the this this is what is happening at this time of rebuilding and remember we're going to the place of Solomon's day and the rededication of the temple and that amazing flooding presence that was greater than ever before that came to fill that place and the Lord's house spiritually every church congregation is an aspect in the spirit of that dwelling place first of all for God but also together those who are hearing the Lord and are working according to the grace of God and the presence of the spirit in our midst we're laying a place we're preparing a place to lay our young for our children for a next generation and so may we each have a renewed sense of finding ourselves personally and vitally placed right in the center of a dynamic history and not just the history of this house but even if you just took the history of this house we're talking really about 60 and then 50 and then certainly 40 years of dynamic demonstration of salvation and redemption and the rescue and restoration of families and of lives and of miracles this house has has hosted seasons of miracles of deliverance the prophetic word of the lord is rich here and so all the more stir up your spirit because the spirit of the lord remains among you there are a couple of other um images or or words from scripture that i was inspired from this word about stirring up the spirit and notice it it's it's every level it's the leadership it's the influencers it's the prophetic ones and it's all the remnant so everyone has a vital part and really in a season like these folks find themselves in more than ever there is a specific dynamic place for everyone who is hearing the word of the lord and in um Isaiah 50 this is another place another reference where this thing about stirring up the spirit of is uh um elucidated is talked of but in Isaiah 50 and verses 4 and 5 it says the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary say yet now yeah now be strong be strong that is a word to the weary and not only for us to receive it but to carry this word in order to give it a word a word to the weary and look what it says he awakens me morning by morning he awakens my ear to hear as the learned the lord god has opened my ear and i was not rebellious nor did i turn away so you see the convergence of this exhortation yet now 
Whatever's trying to turn you away, push you away, you know, snuff out your little light. Yet now be strong. And friends, we are in the human family lineage of the greatest eras and seasons of the invisible God manifesting himself in the earth for the sake of redeeming the human race as a rebuilder and a restorer, as one who repairs the breach. And so may the Lord stir your spirit today by his spirit. He goes on to say, again, repeating verse 5, the Lord God has opened my ear. Hallelujah. Father, today we're hearing your word, and we give ourselves to you. We give our ears to you to be open, to be fully open. So literally every morning, each morning when we wake up, and you know you've all experienced it. If you haven't experienced it, just listen. In that part where you're coming out of sleep into being fully awake, I promise you this is what happens. The Holy Spirit is hovering over you like that eagle over his you know, little, little eaglet in the nest and hovering over you to speak a word of encouragement. So, so listen for the Lord. Don't turn him away. This is a time of revival. And you may look around and there may not be some of the familiar faces that in past seasons you've found comfort and joy and fellowship in seeing them come to worship together, come to pray together with you. But this house is a house of legacy. It's a house of lineage. And so for those of you who hear the word of the Lord, it is yet now be strong. My spirit remains among you. Stir up your spirit and work for I am with you. And the glory of this latter house will be greater than all the former glory. And there is a vital connection. And I believe that there's going to be some relational repinging of things. There's so many ministries and Pastor Lanny mentioned them and mentioned some more this morning. There are, I don't know, six or seven. Um, I actually recorded it. I went back twice last night watching his comments and then again this morning about the riverlets that have flowed out of this place that are still watering people in this community, ministering to the poor, the divorce recovery, the drug and alcohol recovery, even the financial, you know, planning dynamic. This is a rich, rich house. And it's about a next generation. It's about these precious little ones that right now are downstairs with, and I, I believe that I understand with your example last night about the sparkler on the string. So they're downstairs with the sparkle on the strings right now. So, um, and and I, I this this is the encouragement of the Lord. And there's another thing that I want to exhort you, and it's in Deuteronomy 32, because you are His portion. I hope you realize that. And even as a you know a good financial planner or a man with a big portfolio would be watching over all of the sectors of his investments and uh you know the various aspects of where he has his um currency and his treasures and various things in order to make it 
grow, right? In order to make it grow not only for himself, but to leave something for his children. It's the same way that God is working with us. And from generation to generation, until Jesus comes, that's what he's doing. And so look at Deuteronomy 32 and starting at verse 9. And uh, this is this is part of the Song of Moses. This is part of that moment that even in Haggai, they referred back to this day when God, the great exodus out of Egypt. And you remember, unfortunately, there was a period of time where a lot of people died off because they stopped believing. They stopped remembering the great things that God had done. They stopped having a vision for their own responsibility, if you will, their own inheritance in that thing that God was doing. And the ones that were in the... Can you imagine Joshua and Caleb as 40-year-olds just, you know, ready to go in and whip the giants and get their allotment of their inheritance and on and on. And day in and day out for 40 years, they never lost that spirit. They never lost that spirit. And on that first morning, when finally the unbelieving generation was no longer dying off, the last one had died off, Caleb jumped up that morning and washed his face and said, give me my mountain. He was ready to go. So I think that's a good one, too. Say, give me my mountain. Oh, come on. Give me my mountain. Come on, that's right. And I almost feel like we need to stand up and turn around and shout out to the outside. Let's do this. You know me. Come on. I believe in this stuff. Just stand up. I want you to just turn around in any direction outside of this house, towards this region. You have a prophetic voice in this region. Your proximity to our nation's capital is absolutely strategic. The fact that you are planted right in the middle of one of our nation's military bases, it's absolutely essential. It's totally designed by God. So I just want everybody to make an announcement to this whole region. Give me my mountain. One more time. Come on. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And he goes on to say here, he says, for the Lord's portion is his people. You're it. You're the thing that he's investing in, in order to make you flourish for his own glory. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in a wasteland and howling wilderness. He circled around him and began to instruct him. It says he kept him as the apple of his eye. Here it is, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovering over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. And he left out that next line of what eagles do, because at a certain point, you know this, the mother eagle has got those little ones on her wings and stuff, and she, and lets them start tumbling in a free fall, because she knows they have those wings and it's time to use them. Right? He left that part out of his song. (laughs) 
Praise the Lord, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led him. There was no foreign God with him. And I think that's another thing. We are making a fresh determination today in the face of all of the rhetoric and all of the philosophies and all of the dynamics that are trying to invade, like the dragon in Revelation, where a river spews out of his mouth, directed at doing two things, washing away the covenant people, the Jewish people, and believers, the people of Christians and Jews, the covenant people. We're, we're living in these days, and we are the most blessed, the most favored. We are the Lord's portion. He has a remnant, and his intention is, I put my spirit in you to go from glory to glory. Praise the Lord. And it says, he made him ride on the heights of the earth. And it goes on to talk about the enriching. So, um, the spirit of division has taken over the nation. It's using the basest of forms, the color of a person's skin. Enough already. Enough already. God forbid that it should be heard or spoken of in the family of God. We have one Father, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We are not a house divided. We are a family. His temple, His bride. His army, his household, his poem, his workmanship, his masterpiece. And so, the other. That's what God calls us, his masterpiece. Mm -hmm. In Ephesians, that you are not only his church, but his body. Not only his body, but his family. Not only his family, but his bride. Not only his bride, but his army. So put on the full armor of God. And we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So the church, that's why I feel like in this hour, the, the, the devious plans of the enemy to separate us, to be alone. There are a lot of things that happened, by the way, was that if we are separated, what I've found uh, that happens to people, happens to them, happens to their children. So there's a vulnerability as we separate from each other or have to wear masks or not wear masks. And be a, but there has been, like, bureaucracies have really created quite a number of fears among us. So, and then other symptoms, if you have going through that or someone in your family realize that this is real stuff. It's not, it's not just imagine, but in, in that atmosphere of isolation and, and fear, the spirit of sadness comes in. The spirit of grief comes in. Worry. Children get worried. They get frustrated. They get stressed out. There is, I mean, there's lack of concentration if they've gone through 
some of these things, nightmares. I don't know how many of you have had children have nightmares, but you can pray and sanctify that house. If you guys have not prayed over your home, your condo, or your apartment, wherever, make sure that you dedicate that to the Lord. Pour oil around it if you want to. But tell the devil, this, here dwells the kingdom of God. We are believers in Jesus is Lord over my house. And Jesus is Lord over our Father's house. And we bind any spirit. There are, there's work to do. The Lord tells us that. And I'm with you. Say God is with us. God is so with that's us. Over and over he repeats that. And you find that by the way. In Exodus 33. God says. I mean. The Lord. It's the Lord speaking to Moses. says. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. So the Lord got slightly mad at their rebellion and he told Moses, well, I will send my angel with you and he'll do exactly what I was going to do. And Moses is smart. He's a great, smart servant of God. He said, uh-uh, we're not going to settle for just an angel. You have said your presence would go with us. So, Lord, keep your promises. And so the, he gets out of the Lord. My presence will go with you. And that's something that we ought to treasure. His word, his assurance, God is with me. God is with me. God is with us. Say, God is with us. God is with us. And say, we are, we, it says in Revelations, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. And in this season of different deviant, whatever, viruses coming along, if it's not Wuhan, it's the, this virus. If it's not this, it's the, the, they change the name, change the thing. And it's, I believe it's to put us in consternation or fear confusion and don't buy into that and your rescue your shelter is the body the church of Jesus Christ his supreme he calls it his poema or the supreme work of art in the universe is the church it's amazing in Ephesians you find so you are special so we are not going to give that up I've as a senior pastor, we are senior pastors of another fellowship. And part of it is that how to learn. God is saying, my presence will be with you. I am with you. Do not be afraid. That's a major thing in the individual, whether it's your business, wherever God is with you, he is going to supernaturally protect your businesses. He is supernaturally protecting your kids. And so... Be confident and help other people and encourage them. But remember God's word, my presence is with you. I am with you. Therefore, work. But we do anointed work. It's different from just regular doing things. His presence will be. And then he says, the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. That's yeah. the presence of God. Yeah. 
I'll never forget one of the kindnesses that the Lord did in my life was my our mentor and teacher and apostle was a wonderful teacher of the word, a great man of God, Kurt, Derek Prince. How many of you have heard of Derek Prince and his teachings? Yeah. And it'd be good for some of you to, to read up if you get any of his books, so see his show on YouTube sometimes. Um, but here, I got to travel with him more than anybody except his wife. So we were all over from Zambia to Pakistan, etc., to Norway. Um, but I remember when we were in Pakistan together, and this is an Islamic nation, and it required some boldness. But I remember one time in, uh, in Faisalabad, that was one of the cities, and where uh, it, the, one of the big boards, that you, as you entered the, the city, it says, God has no son. So, I mean, it, it, it's very Islamic. And in there, we chose to do uh, evangelism. And usually, Derek Prince would t- teach the morning. He preferred the tea. And would have me do the healing service at night. So, one morning, I remember years ago, uh, we were entering this field where we were holding the, the meetings. And a blind woman had been put there near the, where the sewage was going. And someone had placed her, and she was totally blind. And she had no eyeballs. And Derek Prince asked me, he stopped the car, he said, Brother Mahesh, can you take a picture of that? And I said, sure. And I, at that time, it was my Canon SureShot camera. I don't know how many of you remember that. <laughs> and I took a picture of her. And that night, I felt like welcoming the Holy Spirit specifically. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And you could hear the, almost the thunder and battle in the, in the sky. It was like the demons were withdrawing. And the Spirit of God came down. But one of the things, Derek was, had been sitting with me up on the podium. And then I was teaching and I said, welcome Holy Spirit. And suddenly the power of the Holy Spirit came. The glory of the Lord exploded. And we saw this figure walking towards us. And I said, I recognize this. I took her picture. And she was blind and she was walking towards us. And the Holy Spirit had planted eyes where there were no eyes. And Derek Prince called that the greatest miracle he had ever seen in his life in, his, in the last meeting we had together in Jerusalem. But <clears throat> realize that when, when God says, and the glory will be greater, that there is a part you play, but there is a bigger part that God plays. In that example I gave of the Lord intervening, confirming to me that Jesus Christ is the same, he healed from the top of her head to the tip of her toes. Healed my, my mother's bone cancer completely so that she lived 26 more years. Uh, it healed and anointed. That's the glory, see. And the glory will come in at different times in your lives and will do much greater than what you could have ever done. So there are times where you welcome him and tell him, Lord, you said you would be with us. And that's how he brought them. Though he brought them into the promised land, the children of Israel, his presence was with them. And even where 
the biggest opposition. Sometimes you will face a great opposition. Or your children might. Don't lose courage. I am with you, the Lord says. So there will be times of testing. But during that, He is with you and He will give you the victory. And there are things, amen. Give the Lord a big clap. The Lord is with me. That's the resurrection glory. The, the greater glory. The glory of the Lord house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And his presence is so important and so treasured that wherever you are, his presence is there. Don't ignore that. Welcome it. Do what you can. Where We have had the privilege years ago uh, when we moved, after Derek Prince moved to Jerusalem, we moved to, at that time, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and we have been pastoring. But one of the things that the Lord helped us was we started a watch. Jesus said, watch with me. So we started watching and praying, and we, would, we began with starting at 10 o'clock at night and ending that prayer watch at 6 in the morning after taking communion. So we were unusual. And yet that thing, watch, has been going on for 25 years without a break. God has anointed us. But what I want to say is that consistent and corporate prayer is important. That if you can see to it that every week you take some time to pray, to praise his name, to thank him, sing, when you are with others, we, we came together and sing. That's, you, we want to take more of an opportunity to sing praises to the living God. And it'll, it's not that God needs therapy. Just want you to know, Jesus is not a patient of ours that we need to give therapy. But the more we praise, the more we worship, the more we sing, the more stronger you'll become in the Lord and you will see breakthroughs and miracles and signs and wonders. The key, for example, when uh, Joseph, who, was a, who had a tremendous destiny, he goes into Potiphar's house, his wife is troubled and uh, he's accused of adultery, all that kind of stuff, falsely. And he is put in prison. But one of the keys for Joseph to eventually become the prime minister of Egypt was that the presence of God never left him. And he was conscious of that. He cultivated that presence. So that's another lesson that we want to learn in this time frame of transitions that we are going from one realm of glory to greater glory. Say greater glory. So the glory of the latter house is going to be greater. Say greater. So the presence is thickening. Even though there may be all these kind of challenges we have and national confusion, um, financial, um, the inflation going high and, and the oil reserves being lessened, etc., etc. You know, at one time, we, just a few months ago, we were all independent and then we suddenly became dependent again on the OPEC nations. I believe God is going to heal our situation. 
but it is important for us to cultivate as God says I'm with you the glory will be greater than the former we cultivate that and do that which we know to do pray in the spirit pray in the spirit more often how long can you pray sometimes if we try it you'll find I can just pray 15 minutes and I get tired or uh, no I want to discipline myself where if I need to I'll pray in tongues for an hour and there are different things that we do that cultivates and strengthens the presence of the glory in our lives Amen so say yet now be strong and the other one is God is with us so let's do it again yet now be strong turn around and look at somebody and say God is with us hallelujah amen Lord and I I want to just if it's alright go with I I want to encourage you young lady right there during worship I saw you like a runner and there's a an aspect that we're familiar with that marathon runners long distance runners they come to a certain point that's called hitting the wall and as they manage to keep that rhythm one foot in front of the other they get what's called a second wind and I see you this morning. I know the Lord showed me this morning that you are about to get a second wind. And he wants to commend you for your valor. And I saw your worship like a shield that you had taken worship like armor, like your battle weapons. And even though your worship is, is, is sweet worship often, it is a valiant, warring element. And the Lord just wants to commend you for wearing that in the realm of the spirit and continuing to battle. But now, this is the word of the Lord, I am going to give you your second wind. And if I could just be a little weird, um, I was in a place, believe it or not, in my life as a relatively young mother and wife. I had three little kids. I had a husband who was traveling sometimes half of the year in foreign countries and all around and I had responsibility for church for our ministry for our family for our house for so many things and I this one particular morning was feeling rather sorry for myself and I I was in a period where I would run six miles a day and I'd gotten the kids to school Mahesh was I think maybe away but in any case Um, The evening before this event, no, you were in town. Sorry, I know you were in town. Because the evening before, we had gotten a call 
from some dear friends of ours who were older than us. We were in our uh, late 20s, early 30s at this time, and we thought they were very old. These folks were, um, you know, I've been there, 70s. And anyway, but we had gotten a call from the family that the father of this family's name was Jay Fesperman. They had this family and marriage restoration retreat thing called the Inn of the Last Resort. And Jay had gotten ill, and he was about to pass away. He was at this time not communicative in the hospital, uh, essentially in a coma, and they, was ex- they were expecting him to die any hour, any day. And they, they called us because they had always been some of those, like, family elders that interceded for us, that without us having to talk with them directly, they knew the challenges we were facing. And and so we had a real closeness to them in that way. And Jay was now, you know, going home to be with the Lord. And so we had spoken with him the night before. So anyway, never mind. The next morning, I'm not thinking about Jay or any of that. I'm thinking about myself. And I dropped the kids off and go down. There was a stretch on Sunrise Beach that went from a little park up to the first condo, and it was exactly three miles, so I could run that stretch and get in my six. Florida, it's hot, humidity, out the wazoo, sand, running in sand, oh. And I, you know, started that long slog, and I was just miserable. And I was mostly miserable because I was feeling sorry for myself. I just had too much happening, too much going on, and in a lot of ways felt like it was just all my burden. And so what I would try to do is I would try to find a scripture that I could focus on as I was running and kind of distract myself from my misery. And this particular morning, the one that came to me was from Hebrews chapter 12 that says, therefore. And of course, you know, it's the whole litany of all those mighty faith people. Sorry, we're having a conversation, but we're all in... We're all in this conversation, so be in this conversation. So, you know, it's that great litany of the heroes of faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Gideon and Barak. A time would fail me to try and tell of all of them. And then it says, therefore, because of all this that you're connected to, like a, a relay race where the baton is continually passed forward, right? We have received a victory baton. We received it from Calvary. But in this lineage are all the lives. Isaiah was sawn in half for heaven's sake. And we, you know, we get more encouragement every day from Isaiah than, you know, than a lot of our scripture. Anyway, so I'm out here and I, therefore, since we are seeing, we are surrounded. And may you see. That we are surrounded not by enemy armies, not by hosts of hell, but literally by the spirits of just men made perfect, by an innumerable company of angels. And in a realm where the blood of Jesus is actually making a declaration over us every day from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory. Better things. Um... So this was my scripture that day. Let us lay aside every weight. And I'm saying, okay, repenting Jesus and trying to take off all the, you know, stuff that I had taken on myself. The sin which so easily ensnares. Okay, repenting of, you know, feeling like I'm in a big pity party and poor me and aren't I amazing and nobody appreciates it. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And about that time, a man ran by me. (laughs) 
on the beach there. And he went so fast in that hot, humid weather that it was a little puff of fresh air that hit me. He was going so fast. And I mean, he flew by me, had this kind of silver, you know, hair just a little bit long. And it was with every, you know, step, it was kind of going the coolest little pair of blue running shorts and some unbelievable shoes on. And he was, you know, fit and, you know, vibrant and all that. When he passed me, out of the corner of my eye, I saw him. He was glancing my way, just mouth wide open and just a big smile. It was Jay Vesperman. The man who last evening, we were on the phone with his family as he lay in a coma in the hospital. I could have touched him. He was that real. And he flew by and he just shot me this quick little glance. Just, you know, when it, and in it was like, you've got this. Yet now be strong. God is with you. And was exhorting me to run this race. We're in a marathon. What's the prize? Jesus is coming. That's the prize. We don't know when he's going to come. But we run every day as though he's coming today. We run every day so that we might pass a victory, an overcomer's baton to those around us, to the next generation. Yet now, be strong. God is with us. And Jay flew by me, took just a couple of strides and talk about beam me up, Scotty. He just kind of ran through a veil there into that other realm. I perked up and quickened my pace and went all the way to the condo and all the way back to the park and jumped in my car and went home. And when I got home, our little answering machine back in the day, the little plastic box on the desk with the beeping light, and you poke it and it goes, beep, and then, you know, they start telling you. And I had checked my watch when Jay ran by. And on the answering machine, at that moment, there was a message from his family saying that Jay just stepped over into glory. And I was like, I know I saw him on his way. (laughs) So these are realities. And I believe, we believe, Mahesh and I together with uh, Lanny and Patty, together with Jay and Katie, and together with God, are saying it is the hour of greater glory. It is time for us, those of us who are hearing the word of the Lord. He's awakening us morning by morning. And it is time for us to be all the more seeing the realities of what's going on around us and responding not just in the natural, but responding dynamically spiritually. And one of the things, if I could submit to us to be practical today, I have a tremendous heart, and I believe it's from the Lord. I've been getting messages from some of these kids in the 82nd who have been deployed to Afghanistan. And as a body, and Pastor Jay, if, if that's all right, I feel like one of our immediate assignments as a battle group this morning is to together to pray a dynamic prayer for them. And honestly, I know you're saying go ahead or whatever, but I, I actually would like one of the men, some of the men that are 
current or past military if you're willing to come and just lead us. I feel like we need to spend a moment in prayer. You know, in the first deployment years ago to Iraq, never mind anything about war going to war, but you have been strategically placed, and many of you have served and do serve or some, and you know, ancillary thing related to the military. That is in the ordination of God. And you have an anointing as a watchman in that reference and tremendous authority in the realm of the spirit because of it. So your prayers matter, your vision, your understanding matters to know what the Lord is doing. But I, I remember I was asked to uh, actually lead a prayer service on a base in North Carolina um, happened on to be the weekend that the first deployment was happening. And because we were on the base, they had a live feed to the battle groups that were on the desert uh, in Iraq and, and getting ready, you know, to march out and engage. And can you imagine, as we were beginning to pray for them, uh, one of the tech guys through the live feed that they had up on the big screen. And the commanders and the troops were kneeling in the desert sand at that moment, praying. And I recognized more than ever, we truly are connected. If we're hearing the Lord, we need to obey him. And we're truly connected beyond the realm right around us. So if you would, Jay, I, I would really like for us to spend a moment now to pray for those units. And I need three men. Three men who served in the military. And the light is on. A woman. Yes, ma'am, come forward. Thank you, Jesus. I need one more. Thank you. Spence, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Come on up. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. These five here, well, there we go. These five here among us represent a section of our military. Okay? We're going to start here, and we're going to move down the line here. Thank you, Jesus. Spice Rollins, a retired uh, Navy pilot, about 14. Keith Thousands, United States Air Force, 2000-2006. Frank Hawkins, Naval Flight Officer. Jacinta Bottom Spencer, the United States Army. Thank you. <laughs> Helen Thomas, United States Navy. Father, we just thank you for this time together, for all that we've absorbed and learned. And I know that you've been talking to me, that we are living in very historic times. The word comes to me continually that, that where, the, um, where there's liberty, there's where the Spirit of the Lord is. And that is a fight 
that I see that we are engaged in today. And I pray for each of us to know the truth and to stand on the truth. As various philosophies are being pushed at us, I pray that you lead us to show to know the truth, to give us the words to articulate it back, and to take the stand and to defeat the evil that is being thrown at us every day. I pray for each of us in that way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Welcome to the Holy Spirit, and I thank you, Father. And I carry the burden for those people. I carry the burdens for those soldiers that offered their lives and sacrificed for this country and the things that they believe in so that they can carry the message of freedom to other nations in this world. I carry a burden for the families that are waiting for their loved ones to return, for those that they never return. Father, I take that burden and I offer it to you right now. In the name of Jesus, I give that burden to you and I ask that you reveal yourself to those families. I ask that you reveal yourself to those soldiers that are sitting in the, in the trenches. They're flying on the planes. They're carrying weapons. That they're just there representing you, Father. We are beacons of hope in the dark. And I ask right now that as those men and women are over there, that they are representing you and that they are carrying the glory of the Lord into places that need to hear your word. And that you will give them the strength of mighty, mighty warriors, Father. That you will bring them home safely. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray by reading the word of God. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Yes, God. He brought me out yes. by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, Can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you. And cover your skin. I will put breath in you. And you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I had been commanded. And as I was prophesying. There was a noise. A rattling sound. And the bones came together. Bone to bone. I looked. And tendons and flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds, and breathe unto these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he had commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet. 
a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Amen, Lord. Hallelujah. So be it. Jesus. Thank you, so Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In this dispensation of time, don't discredit the power of the woman. Yes, we were created out of man. However, God is doing a new thing, and he's doing a mighty thing, and he's going to use the woman to do this. So not to usurp the man, not to overpower the man, but in this particular time, he does need his women. So, Lord, for the soldiers, yes. Yes. Lord God, you know what we face out there. Oh, Father, you know. You know they're afraid. You know they're fearful and they don't know what to expect. But, God, we know that you're going to intervene on their behalf. You're going to prepare them and you're going to make them valiant. Because, Lord God, that's just what you do. And we're, we're going to trust you and we're going to believe, Lord God, that you're going to just care for them and that your will will be done. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord God, for this house and leading me here to honor the man and the woman of God. Thank you, Lord God. They're 40 years. That, that is, that's big time. That's so big. Oh, that's just so big. And I didn't understand why you told me to pay $50 to go and, and see them. I, I didn't understand anything. I'm just spirit-led. And how about, how about the journey? the journey, just putting one foot in front of the other, just doing what you tell us to do and sometimes what you don't tell us to do, but the grace, Lord God, just the grace to just be surrendered to your will. Salvation is such an honor. Salvation is just such a privilege. Not everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody is picked by God to be saved. Some people will perish. They will spend eternity in hell. Do you understand that, church? So, Lord God, those young men and those young women out yes, on the battlefield, Lord God, we don't know what their destiny is, Lord God, but you've got them there for this time and this place. And we ask you, Lord God, just to be with them, to encamp around them. Lord God, we want you to give them the victory, of course, but is there really a, a victory, a winner and loser in, in the art of war? I don't, I don't think so. But God, you know what this is about, and we know it's spiritual. Everything happens in the spirit realm before it manifests in the natural realm. So, Lord God, this is just the natural realm revealing what's going on in the spirit. This is deep. It's heavy. Lord God, but all we can do as your saints and believers is just to intercede on their behalf. And that's what we're doing this morning. Oh, Lord God, it's been a wonderful, a wonderful, glorious weekend for us. But for the men and women out on that field, Lord God, getting ready to possibly go into battle, Lord God, 
We don't know. We don't know if they're coming home, but Jesus, you just Lord, encamp around them. Lord. Oh, Father, you give them the strength to persevere and to fight valiantly, Lord God. Not only the fight of faith, Lord God, but give them physical strength, extraordinary. We thank you, Lord God, and we praise you, and I bless this house. We're praying for this house, not only this pillar of community. Oh, Lord God. Oh, but just the body of Christ. We're being attacked, church. You don't realize. You know, the pastors talked about it this morning. They touched on some of the things, some of the areas where we're being attacked. But God, but God, we always have the victory. I don't care what it looks like. We always win in Jesus Christ. Always trust and believe that. Just like those soldiers, those men and women out on the battlefield. They will have the victory in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we lift up the troops, the men and women of God that are going before in the battlefields. Father, praying not only for their protective covering, but Father, I pray that you would surround them with your presence, helping them to overcome the spirit of fear. And also the things that they're dealing with, a sense of loss and just taking instructions and maybe having to go where they don't desire. So, Father, I pray that your presence would comfort them in their time of need, in the darkest hours and the brightest of the day. Father, that you would protect their minds from all that may be going on there. And also, Lord, I also pray for their family members that they leave behind, that worry, and those who love them, that are struggling with their own fears and concerns as their fathers, brothers, husbands, Um, sons are going before something that's unknown. Father, I pray that they remember who you are. And those who don't know you, come to know you, that your presence will manifest in uh, in their situations, wherever they may be. And Father, also lift up the leaders, the commanders, the generals, the captains, those who have um, these young men that are under them because they bear a burden of having to make decisions that really no man really understands unless you're in that position. So, Father, I pray that you give them wisdom and that you give them uh, wisdom and with the word of knowledge, Father, and that they, you would raise up people uh, not only in their communities but around the world to keep them in prayer and to constantly keep them before the throne of grace. I thank you, Father, for you know nothing can happen without your permission, but also give us the strength and the grace to go forth, to trust you as we're going through this battle, to trust you that regardless of what we see, that it all works for our good and that there's a greater purpose. We thank you for your protective covering. We thank you for the words of encouragement that you would speak and send forth on their behalf. And we thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who continues to minister, guide, protect, and to feed us in our time of need. In the precious name of Yeshua, we thank you. Amen. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. You know, while we while we were praying, I think this is Yeah, thank you. While we were praying, I saw an old army poster. Many of you have probably seen it. It was actually used as a recruiting tool um, in the World War, uh, World War Two. But um, Private First Class Martin, he was from North Carolina, and there's a famous story of Will Rogers' nephew was in the retreat during the Battle of the Bulge when the Allied forces were falling back, 
and moving out in the face of the advance of the Reich. And there was a private first-class Martin who just decided enough already. And of all things, he was from the 82nd. And uh, Will Rogers' nephew tells the story of being on one of the tanks that was in retreat rolling out. And as they were rolling by, they saw this guy with his shovel digging a foxhole. The entire army is in retreat. And this one little guy, a private of all things, digging a foxhole. And so the, you know, the tank stops and kind of rocks. And the guy said, what are you doing? Who are you? And the guy looks up and he says, I'm Private First Class Martin, and I'm the 82nd Airborne. If you're looking for a safe place, pull in behind me. <laughs> that man sparked the turnaround. And the battle turned there, literally, because then that tank pulled in. The next one that came, what are you guys doing? We're the 82nd. If you're looking for a safe place, pull in and it literally turned there. And I saw that poster while we were praying. I believe it's a prophetic word for the house, if you will receive it. For the house. Dig in. Yet now, be strong. God is with us. So dig in. Dig in. And you can say to people in this congregation, in your community, if you're looking for a safe place, pull in behind me. Right? Amen. Amen. So the word of the Lord is, God is saying to you, and it's a corporate word, church, an individual word. I'm with you. When God is with you, you don't need anybody else. I'll give you just remembrance of one last scripture in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, you find that Paul and Silas have been <laughs> witnessing, be evangelizing, and they are, the people don't receive that certain portion of it. Then they have been whipped and imprisoned. They're put in the deepest part of the prison there. And it doesn't matter to them. There's, the presence is with them. And they sing as loud as they could. The whole jail is permeated with their praise and worship. And suddenly the glory of God manifests. God sends one of his mighty angels, goes to the lowest level of the prison, unlocks their shackles. Their shackles fall off, but every other prisoner's shackles fall off. And every prison door is supernaturally open because the glory of God invades that prison and they lead the jailer to the Lord and then the angel opens the doors for them. It is very supernatural but it's an example for us from the Old and the New Testament. God is with us and the glory will be greater. We have gone through a season of attack but God 
is not only going to have us recover, but going to be have restoration in the church and revival as we have never seen it yes. before. Yeah. It's up ahead. Yeah. The glory of the latter half is great. Amen. If you want, I, I want to do one last thing. I want you to stand up for a moment. And any effect, any oppression over you, over your children, over your business even. I believe God is releasing his spirit of restoration and healing for you financially, physically, emotionally, and for your children. I command, I want you to put your hands up and receive. I command every oppression from the COVID or the virus season be gone from you for your family. Any spirit of fear be gone. Any spirit of anxiety and worry and frustration be gone. Every spirit of stress, grief, sadness, worry be gone. Every oppression. There is someone getting headaches. Wave your hand where you are. The headache in the name of Jesus. God is delivering you in Jesus' name. They won't come back. We thank you, Lord. And this stomach condition, that digestion. Wave your hand where your stomach has been attacked. Yeah, the Lord. Put your hand on your stomach. The, the Lord is delivering right now. His presence is here with you. Thank you, Lord. The skin rash also. There's some unusual skin rashes. In the name of Jesus, that rash is being gone right now through Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Say, I receive the glory of the letter house is greater. I receive by faith your healing, your restoration for me, my family, my children, my church, my nation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give them a big clap. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated for just a little bit. We're about to release. Have, um, we have a time-honored tradition here. Tradition is not the right word. We have a time-honored pattern that the Lord has established here at our Father's house. That we always send those who the Lord sends to us off in a manner worthy of the Lord. It's a financial statement right there. And I'm going to read to you some passages of Scripture. Because we want to, as we step across the Rubicon from where we had been previously in the former house, as we're stepping into the latter house now. We want to make sure that we take every opportunity to reaffirm our commitments to what the Lord has done to us already. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 10. This is starting in verse, verse 40. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone, anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. This is the word 
of Christ, talking about those he is sending out. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as, as a righteous, righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. We have experienced from a long ago, I remember when Lanny, Lanny tells the story about when he first got here, saying, Lord, don't forget us here in this place. Send to us those excellent men and women of the Lord. We will honor them here, and we, we look to receive what you have for us as a people. And we have... I am firmly convinced we have received so many blessings and graces in the Lord because we have been very persistent and very focused in our efforts to honor who the Lord sends to us. So I ask you this morning to begin to prepare to to honor these two financially. You can do that in the back of the the room here. We have a a box that uh, that you can uh, drop an offering in, but also you can do that online. Uh, We have a special offering open on all of our online giving resources there. So I'd encourage you to do so. We want to receive what the Lord has for us here today by this way and send them on well. And third John, we find this in in, uh, verses five and following. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. Some of you don't know Mahesh and Bonnie personally. They may be strangers to you, but they're not strangers to this house. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. These two here have a history in the Lord of going into pagan nations, going into deep, dark places, following the call of God there. And so there's so many levels at which we are able to honor the Lord and honor these two uh, today. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. And you heard the testimony here today that there are hundreds and thousands of people who have come to the Lord, and we have helped along the way to make that happen as sending these two and others, uh, even Pastor Lanny and others from this body, to the nations. The Lord has, has brought that as an inheritance to us here in this house, and again, we want to honor that specifically. So... And I would, I would like to pray for you, too, before we, before we seal this off. We are, we are stepping into a ladder house. And this weekend, we have had the opportunity to recognize and honor the former house. The ladder house isn't the ladder house without the former house. You understand what I'm saying? We stand on a firm foundation that has been built and has been nurtured and has been not just maintained, but but dreamt upon and, uh, and blessed upon and, and built upon. We're not starting from bare ground. And so we want to firmly honor and cherish what the former house has been. Because God has greater things from, for us. And we, we dishonor the former house if we don't grow. If we don't build. If we don't continue to launch along that trajectory that was started. We want to honor, we want to uh, pay deference to, and, and just bless you guys. We're just so thankful, and you guys are such a huge part of that. So I'm going to pray for you guys, so the Clarks, because they're here. Pastor Lanny and Pastor Patty, would, would you please come forward? Will you stand here, please? Father, we thank you for these two couples. 
Lord, we bless them right now. We stand here, Lord, today on the shoulders of giants, Lord. We thank you for the spirit of fatherhood that is in them, Lord, both of these couples, Lord, as they have, they have pierced into the darkness, Lord Jesus, to bring your light. They have gained ground, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you for them. We thank you that they have purposed in themselves, Lord, not to be an end in themselves, Lord, but, but to be, once again, a platform for the next generation to come and stand upon, Lord, and, and move forward and move the guide on forward, Lord, and continue to, 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 to soldier on, Lord, to use wording from today, Lord, to continue to soldier on, Lord, into the darkness carrying your light valiantly, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for them, Father. We honor them here today. We thank you for the, uh, for the, the season that is drawing to the close, but the season that we are all, Lord, journeying into together. I thank you, Father, for the wisdom and the counsel, the glory manifested in their lives and hosted and, and honored and, and maintained, Lord Jesus, and, and, Lord, for them to continue to cry out and stand before you, Lord, in dark nights and dark places, Lord, knowing Lord, that you have placed them there, Father. We just honor them. We pay deference to them, Lord Jesus, and we ask today, Lord, that you would give them rest. You would give them peace, Lord Jesus. You would give them greater wisdom, greater understanding, Lord. And Lord, I ask that their latter years would be incredibly fruitful, Lord. I ask that their latter years, Lord Jesus, you would you would magnify and multiply the effectiveness, Lord, of their words and their efforts in this season, Lord. Lord, that it would be a joy and a bounty for them. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Father. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you. All right, stand up. Up, down, up, down, up, down. This is it. You'll be dismissed after this. Hey, watch out. Repeat after me. God is with me. God is with me. This one's got to be really loud. Are you ready for it? Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. Hallelujah. Yet now, be strong. Be strong. Amen. We want to thank you guys for everything that you've brought here today. What an honor. I don't know of a time when these two have preached here together. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless your name. We are excited about this season. Father, be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.